Welcome back to another episode of Bless the She That Believe. We're in season three. I hope y'all had a wonderful Valentine's week, week of love. We're going to go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each and every listener on this podcast. I thank you for allowing them to tune in from wherever the location is in the world, Father God. I pray for each and every location that you are protecting and keeping them, Father, from every evil attack that may be on our life or in their area. Father God, keep them safe during unseasonable weather changes. Father God, keep them um, on their way to work at their jobs. Father God, keep their children safe. Keep their family safe. Father God, protect them, Father. Allow them to see your providence and your um, care in every situation that may arise in their life, Father God. Lord, I thank you that even though we go through bad things and bad things may happen to us, Father, you still get the good out of the bad things. You still get the good out of our mistakes. You still get the good out of our bad choices, our bad decisions that we make. Father God, I thank you right now that you see us where we are and you know us, Lord. You have us in the palm of your hand. And no one can take us out of the palm of your hand, Father God. I thank you for allowing us to hear your voice today. I thank you for your word that is already blessed. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So, thank y'all for tuning in. Um, From wherever you are in the world, I just want to say shouts out to all of the top cities that are listening, tuning in every week. Jacksonville, Florida has crept up on my list. Look, I love listening. Um, when I listen it, <laughs> I love watching and looking um, to see all the different locations that listen to this podcast. And it's amazing to me. And I know that um, it's all because of Jesus. So thank y'all so much for just supporting. Thank you. Um if you want to get in touch with me, you know, you can just email me at blessed is she that believed at gmail.com. Um, or you can just go over to my website. It's under the same name. I keep everything the same. It's just easier that way. <laughs> so you go to my website and just um, go to the contact page and just, you know, send an email or a message and just say, hey. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. You know, Jacksonville, Florida. I think it's Jacksonville, Florida. It might be Jacksonville, North Carolina. I know it's a couple of places in Jacksonville. I'm just going to assume it's Jacksonville, Florida because I don't get a state with the city. Um, I just get the country where the city is located in. But, um, of course, Brunswick, Georgia, my hometown. Shouts out to y'all. Jersey, Philly, you know, um, New York is creeping up in Miami all different locations. Thank y'all so much. But I just wanted to, um, I wanted to preface this right here before we get started, because we're going to be talking about, um, y'all, my friend is making cheesecake, making a Snickers and Oreo cheesecake. Don't send me stuff like that. I'm trying to do the Lord's work. That's a distraction. (laughs) Y'all, if it's one, I love cheesecake and my, myself, 
beat bike, as we say in the South. When I say back, we say bike. Beat bike. My beat bike self <laughs> don't need to be eating no cheesecake. Oh, cheesecake. Okay. <laughs> I got distracted, squirrel. <laughs> All right, so anyway, that's part of the conversation too, distractions. Um, <laughs> but let me just preface this podcast with um, by saying everybody sins. Nobody's perfect. And if you thought you were perfect, you're deceived, okay? Everybody messes up. No one is perfect. I. It's crazy to me how we in our humanness, we depict people in a certain light but it's like that's not really who they are that's just like okay for example teachers educators when you know a person is a teacher why do we automatically assume they have to be living a certain way like i don't know why we think teachers are supposed to be like preachers and um just people who are morally um, right all the time. Like, you know how much pressure that is to be perfect? That's a lot of pressure. But we do that to people. We do that to celebrities. That and and now, oh my gosh, I couldn't be a celebrity during this day and age because it, there are too many people telling you what you should be doing, what you should be doing. And furthermore, who gave us the audacity to tell people how to live their lives? Who gave us that that freedom? Social media. I mean, as a celebrity, you're just posting pictures and people feel like they have the right to tell you that you're fat or that you shouldn't be eating certain things or you shouldn't be wearing those shoes or it's, I don't even know who you are. Why do you feel like you have that much access to me? But because social media gives that much access, then people feel like they have the liberty to do that. And yeah, so back to what I was saying, we, in our humanists, we just have this thing where we put people on pedestals and it's not right. Like I, I will say I've had people tell me I'm the good girl, like the girl next door, like that. But when they hear a piece of my testimony, and that's another thing I'm just bouncing all over the place right now, just free flowing a piece of my testimony. You got to know. OK, let's let's just go ahead and because I am I could tell right now this is going <laughs> to run into stuff. So the title of this episode is whoops messed up. Now what? OK. The reason why I titled this is because I mess up all the time. I mess up all the time and I struggle with particular sin i do and i'm not going into detail about it because that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that too but just know i understand okay if you know if you know my background like as far as what i'm going through um and you know just a little piece of my testimony you 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 know what i'm talking about but um and i do have people this is why it's so important that you use discernment because I do have people that I can talk to when I can feel the struggle because you can feel your flesh rise up. You, We're supposed to crucify this flesh every single day. Offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. 
Um, that is Romans 12 and 1. I know the address for that one. We're supposed to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. How? That's a, that's a, what is that? I can't even, I'm an English teacher and I can't even think of the, the literary term for that. Two contrasting things side by side. Oxymoron. I want to say it's something else, but whatever. I'm not going to hold up time for that. But a living sacrifice. How can a sacrifice be alive? Just how can a sacrifice be alive? Because when you do a sacrifice, it's dead. <laughs> you kill it right there. But this says living. And it's, it ends in, living ends in I-N-G. So that's present progressive. So that's a continuous thing. So we're alive as we sacrifice. So, oh, okay. Okay, Lord, I, I hear you. So that's how you know this is a continuous process. You don't just offer your body as a living sacrifice one time. It is a continuation. Sometimes you have to lay your body on the altar the whole day. And you know, like, Think about the process of them doing the sacrifice in the Bible. That was a, I don't, I'm like, y'all, y'all spent your whole life sacrificing stuff, huh? Because it's a lot of work. You got to make sure that the animal is the right animal without spot or blemish. You got to do whatever you got to do to, to prepare. You got to make sure the stones are in the right spot and do this and do that and make sure you have the right this. And you can't just do half step and stuff because God is not going to accept it. We see that he won't accept it. So it has to be done down to the like nitty gritty. Everything has to be done the way the Lord wants it done or he will not accept the sacrifice. So for us to put our bodies on the altar, offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, that means we can take ourselves off the altar because we're still alive. <laughs> so think about this. Those animals, before they sacrificed them, they tied them up, right? They were bound. They had to bind, they had to bind them up or tie them up because if they didn't, they were going to run off. What animal going to let you harm it? The first thing that happens with animals and people when we're in danger and we feel like our life is being threatened is self-preservation. They're going to bite you. They're going to try to kick you. So they probably had to tie their mouth up, bind their mouth up and their, their legs, you know, everything. So the thing is, when it says present your body, that is a command. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's a command. There, when we do that, when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, we also are bringing our bodies to the altar, but we can also get off that altar too. Our flesh don't want to be sacrificed. Our flesh don't want to die. Paul, the apostle Paul said, I keep under my body. Do you know how? <sighs> mm. Listen. <laughs> so this is what I wanted to talk about. You messed up. You sinned. You messed up. You might have, I don't know. I don't want to go through a whole list of sins, but you know, you messed up. Okay. In James chapter five and verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another and pray 
pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I love that verse. I love that verse. And we're going to go into this verse. It says, confess your faults. Now, in other translations, it says sins. Okay. I will say this. Every. No, I can't even say that because it may not even be right. I didn't think that one through. Let me not say that. That's me. Let me not say that. Help me, Holy Spirit. Okay. A sin. Sin is. Okay. A fault. Let me. You know what? Let's just. Definition of a fault. A fault. For now. In that in that sentence. Confess your faults. That is acting as a noun. Because you do have a fault that acts as a verb. I ain't talking about that. We're talking about the one that acts as a noun. So the one that acts as a noun. It says. An unattractive or unsatisfactory feature. Especially in a piece of work. Or in a person's character. Okay. A misguided or dangerous action or habit. Um, responsibility for an accident or misfortune. Okay. So basically it's a mess up. It's an accident, but I like number two. It says responsibility for an accident or misfortune. You taking responsibility, a fault. Sin is us choosing to disobey God's word. Basically, that's what it is. If I look up the meaning of sin, sin is just is disobedience. It says um, an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. An act regarded as a serious or regrettable fault, offense, or omission. Okay? So, sometimes people use fault and sin synonymously. But, they're different. And I actually found this website called, uh, called uh, I can't talk, Common Reason. I found a website called Common, um, Common Reason Ministries. And they explain all of this very perfectly. So I'm just going to read from the website. So shouts out to Common Reason Ministries. Thank you for posting this on Google. It says, um, faults include our sinful nature, fears, inabilities, mistakes, habits, regrets, and sometimes specific sins are included. But not all specific sin is included. Some specific sin is between the individual and God. Okay, so I didn't want to try to explain it. And then I confuse y'all. And y'all like, what is she talking about? I, this was the perfect way. Like this is saying everything I wanted to say. So I'm going to read it again. Faults include our sinful nature, fears, inabilities, mistakes, habits, regrets, and sometimes specific sins are included, but not all specific sin is included. Some specific sin is between the individual and God. And I love that they put that there because if you are reading a different translation, like if you're not reading the King James version, you're going to see confess your sins. Well, here's the problem with that. When you confess your sins to man, 
you're not supposed to confess your sins to man. You, you confess your sins to God and confess your faults to man. See, this is why you have to know the difference between the two words. Because yes, a fault can be a sin, but every sin does not need to be confessed to a person. You see what I'm saying? Some sin, you only need to confess that to God. That's just between you and God. Okay? That's only between you and God. Like, it's some stuff. That's why everybody can't know your testimony. Not your whole. Everybody has a peak. Let me tell you something. If everybody knew every detail of your whole testimony, you wouldn't have no friends. You wouldn't have no job. You wouldn't be in a marriage. You wouldn't listen. Everybody can't know everything about you. That's just you because we're humans. We can't take on that kind of weight and responsibility. Do you know how much pressure that is to know somebody's every fault, like every sin that they, you know, like that's too much. That's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus because only Jesus could take on the sin of the world that he's the only one that could do that. We cannot do that because what's going to happen is we're going to judge. We're going to start hating the person who told us, we like, seriously, we're going to resent them. That's why we can't, you, you can't. That's why it's crazy that in Catholicism, they're confessing their sins to a priest. That He's not Jesus. He's not Jesus. I, I mean, I don't understand. Like, make, that makes sense. You confess, like, okay, let's say um, I cut somebody off in traffic because I was mad and I shot him a bird. I don't, I, not that I would do, especially, I, I would definitely wouldn't do that. Now, I might cut them off in traffic by mistake, but shooting them a bird, I ain't shooting nothing because, listen, get shot back during these times, okay? Like, I'm not playing with these people in these streets like that. I'm not. People crazy. So, that's one thing I know I wouldn't do, but I'm just using it as an example. Um, Now, watch Now watch the devil be trying to tell me this <laughs> Oh, you said you weren't going to do that? Let me see. Let me see and find out. Yeah. Um, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Um, but using that as an example, I cut somebody off in traffic, shoot them a bird. I was wrong for doing that, especially, and then find out it's an elderly person. You know, like, oh, you feel bad, you know? So I would tell my mom or one of my close friends, like, y'all, guess what? I shot I shot a bird at an old person and they could, and I cut them off in traffic. Like, I don't know what was wrong with me. You know, like, that's that's something. Now, that's something I would confess. It says confess your faults. I was like, y'all y'all pray for me because I don't know what that was that jumped on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, something like that. There are some things nobody knows about except for Jesus. Because if I were to tell, no, no. Only Jesus knows about this stuff because you can't tell everybody. You just can't. And on this website, I love it. They break it down into three types of sin, public, individual to individual, and private. And they say public sin requires public confession in addition to repentance of heart, which is a gift from God and restoration if possible. So, yeah, I like I would say doing going back to that example, that is a public sin because it was done out in the open. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I need to publicly say apologize, you know, and me me personally, if I if I thought it was OK, I probably would have followed that person to the grocery store where they going and like, I'm so sorry for doing that. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
that's my example of public. I'm pretty sure it's a different public. You know, if you do something in public, like let's say you got a child who's playing um, little league baseball and you flip out on the um, referee in front of everybody or the umpire, you flip out on the umpire um, in front of everybody. That was in public and it was disrespectful and it was loud. So you, your apology should be just as loud and in public. Like you need to go over and apologize after the game or whatever, where people can see that you're apologizing, maybe take somebody over there. That's a public, you know, a public fault. That's a fault. Okay. Um, that's a sin that was committed or whatever. Like that's, that's my take on it. Um, this website goes on to say sin against the individual requires we go to the individual and confess or repent, ask forgiveness and restore as far as possible. What was taken? Um, I would say that if you, let's see. Okay. Let's say somebody told you something in confidence and you went and told your spouse, and then your spouse went and told a friend. So now I got back to the person. And that's oof. Because look, I done been there. I done been there. I When I was younger too, I was younger. Told somebody's business. And the thing is, it was like, <laughs> this is why you can't tell everybody everything. Because it was a big deal to the person who told me. But in my mind, I'm like, that's not a big deal. So I told some, it, but it's like, that's not for me to determine. Oh, y'all, I had to apologize for that. That was, that was bad. It was bad. I didn't tell that person that I didn't think it was a big deal. I apologized for, for, um, breaking their trust, you know? And, um, I, like I said, I was younger and just, not thinking about stuff all the way through, but it was still wrong. So I, I had to go back and apologize. Like, cause their business is out in the street. And once it's out, it's, it's out. You can't get it back, you know? So that's an example of individual to individual. And I love that it says confess and repent, ask forgiveness and restore as far as possible. What was taken, man, what was taken? Was it their peace? Was it their trust? Hmm. Some things you, it says restore as, as far as possible what was taken. Some things can't be restored. I mean, only through Jesus is still cracks there. You know, like it's, it's hard, especially that trust bank. Listen, once the trust bank is broken, that's hard. You know, private sin, which is not only sin within the heart, but also sin, which has remained private from the one offended requires confession to God, repentance, but not necessarily making such sin public or confessing to another person. Even if the, another person uh, was wrong, it should also include restoring anything taken if possible, if it can be done without adding harm or injury. So I'm going to read that last one again, because it was a lot private sin, which is not only within the heart, but also sin which has remained private from the one offended requires confession to God. Repentance, but not necessarily making such sin public or confessing to another person. Even if the, another person was wrong, it should also include restoring anything taken. If possible, it can be done without adding harm or injury. 
So just, you know, you take that one because it's private saying I don't know what you are going through personally, but you know what private sin is. You know what private sin is. That sin that you you can't even listen. It's like if you could like spiritually turn the lights out on that, so nobody could see it. You you probably would. It's that sin. It's that sin. But James five and sixteen, going back to it says, confess your faults one to another. That public sin, that individual to individual sin, that's. But that private sin, confess that to God. Like, that's why I say everybody can't know your testimony. Not everybody can't know your testimony. Everybody can't know everything in your testimony. That's why we go through. I feel like that's why we go through so many different storms and seasons and stuff to build up our testimonies. Because some testimonies are for some situations. Like I told y'all before. I was molested as a little girl um, and I was raped like three years ago, almost, almost three years ago. So it's like, I could tell y'all, you know, even though that's not like a fault or a sin, I tell y'all that that's part of my testimony, but, and you know, and it's going worldwide, but this is, this is my, this is a podcast. The Lord told me to speak on this. So I'm speaking, you know, but in certain settings, like I couldn't tell that I couldn't tell all of that to a room like okay let's say my church i would be able to tell a little bit of that to my church like you know what i'm saying because it's basically my whole family in that church you know extended family spiritual family like everybody in my church does not know that i was molested or that i was raped a lot of people don't know about me being raped i i just i just don't you know of course y'all know which is the whole world now but you know, like I just, I've just gotten to the point where I can talk about it. So, and it's therapeutic for me to talk about it on here. Cause I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just in my room that I finally cleaned, but you know, like I'm in here talking about it. So it's different. It's a different setting. But if I had to be on a platform in front of people I know, that would be very hard. I remember, um, that. I remember I was at a women's conference September 2022 and I heard I heard the Holy Spirit telling me to share and I was like I'm not saying nothing cuz it had just happened the year before and I didn't tell anybody except for my mom and um one or two people that's it nobody else knew so I was like no I'm just here to sit and you know just receive something no the Holy Spirit listen when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it feels like I'm on fire. Okay. I will start sweating. Like it's, it's like hot. Okay. <laughs> so I was getting, I was hot. I was like, okay, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. So I raised my hand cause they were, um, passing the mic around the room for people to share, um, different things about how, what the Lord has done for them and where he's brought them out of. And there's a guy that was in there who was doing a videography. He was on um, the videographer that night. And I've known him since we were like in school. And so he's recording and I spoke about being raped and everything. And 
when I tell you that was a release, I'm trying not to cry now because I still remember speaking and I was like, it was such a release for me because that was the first time I actually spoke. I was raped. Like that was, it was a release. And, um, cause I had been holding it in and stuff and, when everything was over with for that night, because it was a two-day um, conference, my friend, he came up to me. He said, he hugged me, and he said, you let me know if you need anything. Like, if you just want to talk, like, you just let me know. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was such a blessing to me, and he'll he'll never, I don't know if he listens to my podcast, but if he does, like, he'll never understand how much that meant to have a man who I trust and I know protective, you know what I'm saying? Like as a friend to say that to me, because it's been a, it's been a long road and that happened after I had just started going to therapy to deal with being molested. I had just started, I think I had just done one session and then I got raped. So I knew that was an attack from the enemy because why you know at that particular time and it was like a whole bunch of stuff that happened like after that that just mentally i don't even understand how i'm still here okay um but i said all of that to say like the next day this woman came up to me and she said thank you so much for what you said because that has given me the strength to go to my family and tell them what her family member had done to her over the years. Like, do you know, like, I know we're talking about when we mess up, but it's, this thing is deep. This thing is so deep, y'all. Like, do we really grasp the understanding that the whole world was spoken with a word like the whole world was put into existence with one word let there be light boom is light words our words have so much power and this ties back into james 5 and 16 because it says the the prayers of the righteous man availeth much the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much in the message version it says the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. You want to know why? Because of our words. Our words move mountains because we're using the word of God to speak. Y'all don't understand how speaking. Why do you think podcasting exists? It's just people sitting on here talking talking their mind, whatever comes to their mind. This is a powerful tool. Why do you think this is exists in existence? Because it's the words. Whatever you speak is done because that is law. That is the law of God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I just spoke that last week because that is the law. That's Bible, literally. Whatever you speak. And what the enemy's job is, is to shut us up. 
He doesn't want us to speak life into our lives. He doesn't want us to speak life into someone else's life. He does not want us to speak those things that are not as though they were. He does not want us to use the word of God to speak health and to speak and to speak life into the atmosphere. He does not want us to speak. He tries to silence us with all of the things that go on in, in life. Life can be so cruel. I just spoke to my mom about this. I said, life is so cruel. It is cold. Life is. But that's okay. That's why Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Because as long as we have our life in him, we'll be okay. Even when tests and trials come. Even when the enemy is throwing curveballs left and right. We stand on the word of God. You have to stand on the word of God or you're going to fall. Even, and you know what? Guess what? It's hard when you stand on the word of God. Because sometimes you do fall. Because in Romans 3 and 23, it says, we have all fallen short of God's glory. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and 23. But guess what? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Mm, thank you, Lord. I said all of that to say about that women's conference. It was when you sin, when you mess up, the enemy, the first instinct for us to do is hide, hide the sin, hide our hands to just hide and shut up about it. And the enemy wants us to live like that. And then that's when the guilt creeps in. That's when the worry creeps in, the anxiety and all of these things that weigh us down so much. That's why the Bible says to lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset us and run the race that is set before us. Like you, you got to lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset us. It's easy. It's easy to fall into sin. So that's why we, that prayer, I think it's in Psalm 51 that David prayed, keep your servant from presumptuous sin. Sometimes we have to just, we, not sometimes, all the time, we got to pray, ask God to forgive us for sins that we didn't even know we were committing. That's how easy it is for us to fall into sin. I know sometimes, it, listen, there were some sins I was doing, I didn't even know it was a sin because it wasn't in the Bible. Did y'all know that? It's some stuff that is... <laughs> There are some things that the Bible may not mention as a sin, but it is a sin. And you want to know how I know? Because why would the Lord put, I think it's, is it in first Timothy? It's in one of the new Testament books. Don't, I told y'all them addresses. I may not know it, but I know how to say it. Okay. It's in one of them. I think it's in first Timothy. It says, but to him that knoweth to do right and do it not to him, it is sin. If you know you're supposed to do something, if you know you were supposed to wash some dishes as a kid and you ain't do it, that was sin. <laughs> Especially after your mama told you to wash some dishes. It's like the Holy Spirit works like this. He'll, he'll you know, poke you. Hey, you supposed to be doing that? Hey, I think you need to do this. But see, we don't want to hear that. A lot of times, because the Holy Spirit is not going to shout at you. He's not going to yell comes in a still small voice just like he told elijah i'm not in the fire i'm not in the earthquake not in the wind it's just still small voice he'll he'll just kind of 
And when you brush them off, you brush them, ah, okay. You don't have to give it an account for that stuff. I ain't trying to make you paranoid. You know, you, you gonna live your life. You know, you live your life according to the word of God and everything. But there are things that we do that we don't even realize we're sinning. I just, I like, Lord, forgive me for everything. I don't know what stuff run across your mind. We, you know how many thoughts we get bombarded with on a daily basis? I know I get thoughts out. And the fact that I have such an active imagination and, my, and I'm a writer, it's like, it's ridiculous, okay? I just be like, Lord, help me. Please help me with these thoughts. That's why we have to, um, we're casting down imaginations and everything, everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Everything, everything I've heard. Um, I it's better together. I think that comes on YouTube. Love that series. One of the women said on better together, it's like an airport. Our minds are like an airport. And you know how you have planes going in and coming out of the airport and stuff. She said, that's not, those are the thoughts, but every thought doesn't have to land at your airport. You don't have to clear every thought to land in your airport. That's the, I said, that is the realest thing I have ever heard in my life. That, that thing right there did something to me. <laughs> it did something to me because it had me pay attention to, okay. She said, you don't have to give permission for the thoughts of anxiety to come into your life to land in your mind. You don't have to give those thoughts of, um, you sleeping with that person to come in your mind. You don't have to, you don't have to give permission to you. You don't have to. You don't have to entertain it because the thoughts are going to just come at you, but you don't have to sit there and entertain it. That's the difference. That's when James talks about where, um, ah, now I got to go there because I, I got to say it. I got to say it right. It's got to be right. James, I believe it's James one. I believe it's James one. Let me get there real quick. Um, if y'all heard that noise, that was my stomach. I am starving. But praise God. <laughs> it says, yep, James 1 and 13. It says, this is where it starts. It said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. So don't sit there alone. God talking about God tempting me. The devil is a liar. It says, verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You're drawn away with your thoughts. Like I said, I know my mind and my mind is all over the place sometimes. That's why I, and you know how you keep your mind from wondering so much? Keeping the word of God in your, in your, that's why I say you meditate on the word day and night. I will hide your word in my heart so I may not sin against you. That's what them songs be on point. But it says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Whew. When lust has conceived, when it has got to its point, it brings forth sin. It brings forth sin. And sin, when it's done, it brings forth death. This goes along with, for the wages of sin is death. You get a wage. You know what a wage is? Payment. Payment of your sin is death. 
doesn't necessarily mean a physical death, although physical death is included in, in your wages. It can be included in your wages. It could be a spiritual death. It could be the death of a, of a relationship. It can be the death of your finances. It could be the death of whatever. You don't know. You cannot negotiate what kind of sin you're going to go. You're, you're going to, um, you can't negotiate what kind of death you're going to receive for your sin. You cannot. It can be the death of your grandchildren's future. You don't know. It can skip a generation. You may not feel effect, but it'll go to your kids or your grandkids. See, we don't want to think about that because we want to have fun in our sin. Sin is fun for a season. Sometimes you don't even get to have fun. You do it one time, you're done. You might just die immediately. See, like, we don't think like that. I know I didn't when I when I sinned. I, I don't, you just, you're in that like, okay, this is going to, we're going to do this. So, you know, this need to happen. And you just don't, you don't think about it. You don't think about it. But back to James 5 and 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Pray for one another. Listen, these are not suggestions. Confess your faults. That is a command. That's a command statement. Also, pray for one another. That's a command statement. That means do it. See, everybody, I've said this before, everybody think the commandments are just on them tablets that Moses brought down uh, from the mountain. No, a command sentence. You have three different types of sentences in English. You have a command sentence, you have an interrogative sentence, and you have a, um, I can't ever remember that third one. Because the interrogative sentence is a question sentence. And then you have the declarative. There it is. You have a declarative sentence. That's it. Where you just say, I'm going to the store. That's a declarative sentence. Interrogative sentence is, are you going to the store? Command sentence is, go to the store. Confess your faults. Pray for one another. Listen, it's a command. Confess your faults one to another. The reason why we're confessing those faults, and remember the three types of sin. You have the public sin. You have the individual to individual sin. And then you have the private sin that you confess to God. That public sin and that individual to individual sin, that's that's confessing a fault. That's that's where you're confessing a fault. That's and remember that faults are including our sinful nature, fears, inabilities, mistakes, habits. Like I talked to my mom about stuff because guess what? She she was doing some of the stuff that I, I found myself doing, and we talk about it. And that encourages me. And that's what the Lord wants us to be encouraged. So we don't not encourage to continue doing stuff, but encourage knowing that you're not the only person going through. You're not the only person that feels that way. You're not the only person who had those thoughts. You're not the only one. And see, the enemy wants to lie to us and tell us that we're the only one who's going through. No, we're not. We're all humans. Remember, Jesus was tempted in every point, but he did not sin. He's the only one. But he was tempted in every point. So if Jesus was tempted in every point, he knows. He knows. And if you don't have anybody to talk to, just talk to the Lord. And I know you were like, that's not the same thing as a person. I get that, but it's better than keeping it inside. It's better than holding all of that in. We're not meant to hold all of this stuff in that we hold in. 
The Bible says to cast your care on him because he cares for you. It literally says that in song. Don't ask me what the address is. Look it up. Cast your care upon the Lord for he cares for you. He tells us that because we can't keep. Why you think people are dying from heart disease and and stress related factors and stuff is because we're holding all of this stuff in that we are supposed to be confessing one to another. Our habits. Why? You, I don't know why I do that. Can you help me realize this? You know, that's why we have therapists. That's why we go to therapy because they are equipped to handle these things and give us the tools to deal with them. After you go to the cross, go to the couch. As I was continue to say that after you go to the cross, go to the couch, confess your faults. My therapist has helped me tremendously. She has given me so many tools and I don't have to call her as often, but let me tell you something. I do call her. But the reason I don't have to call her as often is because we, we've gotten tools and I use my little tool belt, my little tool kit and I pull something out. Okay. What did we talk about the last time? Okay. So I'm seeing that. So, and, and then when I talk to her, she's like, yeah, you did right. That's what you're supposed to. So that's, that's literally how our therapy sessions are going now. So it's like, we weren't made to be in isolation. And that is the number one thing the enemy does is he wants to isolate us. That's what the animals do. That's what the lions do. Lions will isolate the sick, the old, or the young, the babies. They try to get them in isolation where they don't have any help. And then that's when they get them. So they like to separate the herds and, and pick out the weaklings. And that's what the enemy does. When we get weak, when he starts hitting us with all of those, all of those trials, all that trouble at work, they backstab you at work, throw you under the bus. When you got trouble in your home, your kids acting up, all of that stuff, it puts you in a place where it's like, you feel like you have nowhere to turn, but you always have somewhere to turn when you turn to the word of God. Jesus is right there with you going through that. He's going through with you. That's why people misquote the scripture so much. And I'm like, that is not what it says in the King James. That's not, that's why I love the King James because that is as close as you gonna get to the actual word. Like what Jesus, what they really said, like that's, that's it. And it says with his stripes, we are healed, not by his stripes with his stripes by means next to see when you next to me, you may be next to me, but 10 feet away. You still like next to me. You may be five feet away. You still next to me. You're, you're close in vicinity to me, but when you're with me, you with me, you feeling everything that I'm feeling you. I'm feeling everything you feel. We going through this together with his stripes. I am healed. Those stripes that he went through. I get those stripes too. When I'm going through and struggling and fighting for my life with the word of God. And I'm healed. I'm healed, not just from physical sickness or physical pain, but spiritual sickness and spiritual death, spiritual pain. I'm healed because he went through with me with those stripes, with those stripes. I am healed. And that's why you got to read the word for yourself so you can encourage yourself. It's the word. 
Your words have power. Your war, your words will shift the atmosphere. You have to get into the word of God. You have got to speak the word over your life because I promise you, the enemy knows the word better than you ever think you can. I don't care if you are in a pulpit, on a platform, or whatever. The enemy knows the word better than you. The enemy took the word to Jesus, and Jesus is the word. Imagine that. He took the word to Jesus, and Jesus is the word. So if he did that, what you think he coming to you with? What what you think he coming to you with? You better be, you better have your sword of the spirit and be ready to go to war in the in the spiritual realm. You better take up your sword and get your breastplate of righteousness and your loins girt about with truth, with your shield of faith and your helmet of salvation, with your feet covered with the gospel of peace. And go to work. I'm not listening. The enemy is not playing with us. He's trying to kill us. All he does is still kill or destroy. He's trying to destroy your testimony. He's trying to distract you so much. He's trying to distract you so much. With everything else in the world. He's trying to kill your purpose with distractions. Because if he can kill your purpose with distractions, then he can steal your purpose and then he can destroy it. He can destroy your testimony. Because if you get distracted, you're going to go into sin and then your testimony is destroyed. He steals your time with the distractions. How many of you been so distracted? You didn't even, you get on that phone, the whole movie over with. You like, dog, I missed the whole movie. I got to replay this whole thing. I got to watch it again. Because you've been on the phone the whole time. You were distracted. So if he can distract you from the purpose, he'll steal your time and destroy your testimony. Because if he steals your time with the distraction, whatever the distraction is, it's going to destroy your testimony. It's going to destroy the ultimate purpose. That God is trying to work out in your life. Whew. Okay. It's it's about that time, y'all. It's about that time. So. Mm, that was good, wasn't it? That was praise God. Not because of me, but the Holy Spirit showed up and, and said stuff. Praise God. Y'all, I seriously, I I have to go back and listen to what I, I'm like. I said that because I, I, y'all. I pray before I get, I told y'all I started praying before I get on here and then I pray with y'all and the Holy Spirit just go to work. And I'm so grateful that he uses me even, even when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, even when I mess up, he still, he still shows up and he uses me. And I don't take that for granted at all because he doesn't have to use me. He can use anybody. Let's, let's not. Don't, and let me tell you something, for those of you who have platforms, if you ever listen to this, or even if you are in your local body of Christ and you're doing stuff and you might be leading praise and worship or whatever like that, don't ever think that you're the only one who can do what you're doing. Because that's that's another lot of the enemy. That's another lot of enemy to tell you, oh, well, they can't find nobody else. So, you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, what did God tell Elijah? I saved me about 7,000 prophets that have not bowed down to Baal. Um, you done. You fired. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, 
Don't think you can be out there doing your dirt. And I'm speaking to myself too, because I always need to have this reminder. Don't think you can be out there doing dirt and you're going to still serve the Lord with dirty hands. Clean hands and a pure heart. Mm, that just, oh, I forgot about that scripture. Praise God. Don't get comfortable. You mess up, you get up. Dust yourself off and keep moving. Do not go into that whole woe is me. I'm I'm just a um I'm just a worm and I don't don't do that because that's what the enemy wants you. You get up, you pray, you you ask for repentance, and repentance is not saying I'm sorry. Repentance is actually turning and doing a 180. People say 360, and I don't think they really understand the concept of a 360. A 360 means you're starting, you're back to where you started from. A 180 is the opposite direction. So you want to make a 180, not a 360. So get up, dust yourself off. You repent, do a 180, and you go in the opposite direction. Yeah, you go in the opposite direction because let me tell you something. The Bible speaks about the terror of the Lord, and I ain't trying to see the terror of the Lord. I don't want to see the terror of the Lord. I, mm, Because the Bible also says that God went, went, went that our sin for a season. He knew he was doing it, but he gave us grace. That's why he was a, he winced because of the grace that he is. But don't push him. Don't take that for granted. And I'm speaking to myself. Don't take that for granted. Because there's the terror of the Lord. And people don't want to believe God exerts his terror. And when I say terror, you need to respect the fact that he's God. And that beside him, there is none else. And he will not have sin in his presence. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. And let me tell you something. I was, um, before I get off of here, I was going through some stuff and I was telling my mom about it. And I said, and I, I, I told her, I said, this is why I think I did X, Y, Z because of this, this, and this, and this. And I said, even with those reasons, I'm still required to be obedient. I'm still required to be holy for he is holy. It doesn't matter if the reasons are legitimate, it doesn't matter if I'm justified according to myself to do what I what I did at that time. He still requires holiness. He still requires my righteousness. He still requires my obedience. He still requires that from us. Yeah, you might have your parents might have um, abused you or whatever, whatever. OK, so then you did whatever you did. But guess what? You're a child of God now. He still requires your obedience. He still requires your holiness and your righteousness. He requires that from us. Yeah, those things happen. And it's unfortunate. We don't, we don't ever want stuff like that to happen to people that we know or don't know. It's bad. It's bad. Like I said, life is cruel. Life is cruel. And, but we have an adversary who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to steal us, steal our faith, destroy our testimony, kill us physically sometimes. But God is sovereign and he is just. And he is holy and he requires if we choose Christ, he requires our obedience no matter what, no matter how difficult it is. 
no matter how heart-wrenching it is, he still requires our obedience. And I know it sounds it sounds so unfair, it sounds hard, but that is how it is. But the love he gives us, the joy he gives us, the peace he gives us, he gives us an overabundance. He allows our cup to be overflowing. He allows us to, to, to overflow in those things, in those fruits of the spirit because he loves us and he covers us and he protects us. And you may go, well, he didn't protect me when I was going, let me tell you something. We'll never, we'll never understand or see the full protection of God until we see him face to face. I truly believe that. I believe that we don't have the mental capacity to contain everything, every single thing down to the very nitty gritty, the details of what God has done for us, how he's protected us. I told y'all, I think I told y'all about how I was at a traffic light and the light turned green. I was on the phone with my mom. I was trying to press the gas and it's like my foot was being held back. I am not even making it up. I kept trying to hit the brake and it was like my foot wouldn't work. So finally, I, well, not the brake, I was trying to hit the gas and my foot wouldn't work. Finally, it was like my foot was released and I tapped the gas a little bit. And right as I tapped it, I had to slam on the brakes because a car was going under right when I would have been going. I would have, they would have T-boned me. And everything was in slow motion. And I saw the woman's face. She was looking right at me and she was scared out of her mind. And I could see the faces of all the drivers that were at the lights on opposite sides. And everybody was just looking in horror because I was supposed to be right there where she hit. You can't tell me. I know when I see the Lord face to face, he's going to show me. He's going to play that back. And I'm going to see everything because it was supposed to be me in the car um, opposite of me going under at the same time. We all would have been dead at the, at the speed that woman was going because she was flying. Her light was red and it had been red for a couple of seconds. Y'all, you, mm -mm. we'll never, we're never going to understand. Do you, do you think like, let me tell you something. If I would have, if the Lord would have showed me every, I probably would be in a mental institution because that would have been too much for me to see and un, like trying to understand and put that together. That anxiety is us trying to figure everything out down to the nitty gritty. And I know there are some medical diagnoses and stuff with anxiety and everything. I deal with anxiety. But what helps me a lot of times is realizing this is above me. I can't do anything with this situation. This is God's problem. And I started saying that this is God's problem. This ain't my problem. This is God's problem. Because if I try to figure everything out, I'm going I'm to go crazy. I will go insane. And that's literally what's happening with anxiety. It's so much stuff going on in your mind that your mind is shutting down along with your body. And if your mind shuts down, your body's going with it. That's, that's really what's going on when we, when you get to it. I mean, they can use all the medical terminology and everything like that, but when you get to it, that's really what's going on. So I don't know who that was for, probably for me again, but I just want to say thank y'all for tuning in this week. I pray that you have a great week at work. 
if you were off of President's Day um, here in the States, then, you know, I pray that you enjoy your, your day off. You get much needed rest. Don't stay up late trying to binge watch shows, okay? <laughs> so, y'all have a good evening or a good morning, and I will talk to y'all later. Bye.